Welcome to the Unique Mums podcast. My name's Anna, and I'm a wife, mum, author, blogger, and Jesus follower, bringing you biblical truth, devotions, and encouragement so you can find joy, purpose, and hope as you navigate through motherhood, one cold cup of coffee at a time. You can find the episode show notes, free devotions, and a lot more information at uniquemums.co.uk. Hello, mums. Welcome back to the Unique Mums podcast. And today we have a special guest on the show. Her name is Erica Clay, and she's an author and a blogger as well, and a podcaster. So very similar to me. (laughs) And yes, I'm going to ask her a few questions, which you'll be able to listen to. It's going to be very interesting. And yes, uh, I'm going to start off with the first question for you, Erica, which is, could you tell us a little bit about your testimony, how you became a Christian? Absolutely. Well, thank you, Anna, for having me. And hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> um, so yeah, so my, my testimony is uh, kind of out there, a little different. Um, so I was born and raised Catholic. Um, and I went to Catholic school all my life and uh, went to church. Uh, my family was very big into our church community. And um, for me, you know, growing up, I always felt like I, I knew of God and I prayed to God, but I never felt very connected. It was almost like God's over here type thing. Um, and I, I just remember at a young age, like I go to mass and I would sit in the pew. And I remember in particular, they were reading um, a passage from the New Testament. Could you read like a passage from the old and passage from the new during mass? And in the New Testament, they were talking about like the early church. And when they were talking about the early church, I remember just kind of like sitting and looking around and thinking, huh, it seems different, you know, to me than what I was hearing about the early church. And so it was very like a, a disconnect in my head for a while. And so I never really like, was able to make it connect. So I kind of, you know, just went through, I did all my sacraments and all that stuff, but it was more of a just, you know, I'm raised Catholic. This is what I do type thing and and got married Catholic and even baptized her daughter. But honestly, by the time, um, after through college and after college, I was an atheist. Like I, I didn't believe in anything. And, um, it was more cultural, I guess, kind of thing. Um, and so, um, I became an atheist. Um, I was very strong atheist, very strong uh, feminist as well. Uh, I remember when I was younger, I always read books by, you know, Betty Friedan and Gloria Steinem. And when I was 12 and asked my mom for them for Christmas and like, that was my goal. I was going to be the next Gloria Steinem. And so that was always like in the back of my head. And, um, I, you know, I always had an issue with this whole idea of the patriarchy. And I remember one time, even like, for whatever reason, got into like an online fight with a priest about like, why women can't be priests. I never read the Bible before, but of course I had an opinion about all of these things, you know? And like, so I've, I've had a very different kind of like background with what Christianity is. And the thing was, is like, I never had an issue with Jesus ever. I I had an issue, I think sometimes with like hypocrisy that I've I'd see within certain Christians. And I think a lot of that fueled the flame that was already there with all this other stuff, you know, like with my schooling and education and stuff. And so um, for me, you know, it ended up where about, oh, it's going to be eight years this fall. We were in Louisville, Kentucky, and we had ended up moving there. Um, and it was just kind of like when everything just comes to a head, like we were $70,000 in debt. We didn't know what we're going to be doing next. 
during this time, um, I was writing, of course, a great, you know, next great American novel, because that's what I was always doing. And that was my focus. But my focus wasn't, you know, on my family. My focus wasn't on how do I get myself out of debt? Like my focus was just on success and being the best and like, you know, and all of this nonsense. And so, you know, during this time, I started having for three months straight, it was a modest thing, but I started having um, just these demonic um, visitations, I guess you'd call it. It was the strangest thing ever. Um, I'd be going to bed and my husband would be right next to me and I wouldn't be asleep, but suddenly my whole body would be paralyzed. And I could see these really dark things like in my room, like just really horrifying. Um, and it would happen every night and during the day it'd be fine. Right. And so I thought, I'm losing my mind. like, what is this thing? Cause I couldn't understand, you know, this darkness that I'm seeing. And it was, it was very intense. And it, it got to the point where like, I felt, um, at some point that like my body or my, my, my soul or whatever was like spinning out of my body. It was weird because it felt very powerful, but I also knew it was wrong. So it was like the struggle that I was having with. Um, and I didn't know what to think about it or how to process it. You know, like I had these bits and pieces of like my, my Christian upbringing, but like, I didn't really know like what's going on because I would try to like, just justify everything that was going on. Like, for example, I would say Jesus's name and it would go away like at night. Right. But I would tell myself the next morning, well, that's just because, you know, you were raised Catholic and in your mind, that's a strong presence for you. So like, you know, you're able to, you know, and I would try to like kind of make excuses for like the power of his name, like whenever I would say this and stuff. And so this kept on going on. I, I was absolutely terrified to go to bed and it happened for a couple of months. And at the same time, uh, my sister-in-law who had recently become a Christian and her story is like, you know, she, she was definitely, you know, definitely not a Christian. And so we were really good friends and, you know, I'm like, you know, where's my drinking buddy going? Like, where are we going? You know, like, why are you doing this to me? You know, really, I took it personally. Like, you know, why are you becoming a Christian? Now can you do anything, you know? So, and so now she's going to this church and she keeps on inviting us. And I'm just like, no, we're not going to your church. Like I'm the last person that's going to walk into a church. And she kept on asking, kept on asking. And, and meanwhile, she wasn't just asking, you know, they'd come over on like Saturday night and have really deep discussions with us. And of course I'd be like, no, this is why the church is wrong. This is what blah, blah, blah. And then it was strange because I'd like defend the Catholic church, even though I hadn't really gone to church for like, so, you know, however long. So we'd have these deep discussions and she kept on asking us. And finally I just broke down and I looked at my husband. I was like, we will go to church just for her to stop asking us to go to church. So we ended up going one Sunday. And of course it was like a message that I really need to hear. Cause it was on like the true definition of what love is. And it was almost like I could feel my heart melting. Um, and it's, you know, the, the pastor at the time, uh, Kyle Eidelman. Yeah. I don't know if anyone has right now media. Sometimes you can see his videos on there, but um, he was the one that was giving the sermon and it, it was just, so powerful to me. And it was like a message that like, I never heard before. I mean, I've gone to church, but it was like, I, I hadn't heard that. Um, and so with that, you know, after the service, you know, we're in the car, I'm looking at that. I'm like, well, maybe we can go next Sunday. He's like, why would we go next Sunday? <laughs> like, you know, we got this done, you know, like now we can have our Sunday spray. And I'm like, well, maybe we could just go. And they had a coffee bar. That's fun. So like, so we ended up going, you know, the week after, and we started suddenly going. And during this time, you know, I was still having the issues, but I was still kind of praying and just, you know, talking to Jesus and they would go away, but then they kept coming the next night, the next night, the next night. And it all kind of culminated to this, like one evening, 
you know, and uh, I don't remember it was Sunday or maybe during the week. And I just submitted to Christ. I was like, I'm sorry for everything. You are the Lord of my life. I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. And I give everything to you. I surrender. And it was so weird. I had the best sleep ever. And I never had any of those issues again. Like it was the strangest thing. And it's hard because like, you know, a lot of people are like, well, ask me that, like, well, how did you, you know, start, they think I'm going to say, oh, well, I went to church with my family growing up, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, well, no, the demons. And, you know, like, it's a hard thing to explain. But at the same time, I honestly think like that was the only way God would get to me. Like, there was no other way. Like, you couldn't tell, you couldn't outsmart me. I could like, you know, talk circles around you, you know, based on your logic or whatever you're going to bring me. Um, so there was no way to do it like that. And so I'm so grateful that he showed me hell, you know, he showed me like, this is where you're going. This is the state of your soul. This is really what you want, you know? And since that moment, you know, it's been definitely a sanctification journey and just a walk with him. And I still don't have everything right. I never will until hopefully I'm dead and with him. But like, you know, I still seeing that growth and knowing that every day is a day of submission, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's much better than the before version of me. So (laughs) it's an amazing testimony. I really, I really like hearing how God really transforms people's lives. And our testimonies are all different for me. A bit more like that thing of growing up in a Christian home and stuff. (laughs) Um, And that's great for me to hear because it's like, just knowing like faith and the difference in our faith. Right. And like seeing someone who's so young can like have that in their heart already. Like I admire that, you know, like, like, yeah, I have friends. I mean, they knew like, you know, 10, 11, 12, you know, are you younger getting baptized and knowing that and I'm just like, why did I waste so much time? You know, like, it would have, you know, but we all have our journey and our stories for reasons. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And it's interesting you talked about the sanctification part. And I was thinking how that's kind of related to the topic of stepping out in faith, because faith is something that pleases God. And when we act out of a fear or conformity to the world or whatever, it's acting more according to our flesh. Uh, but the sanctification part is this bit of what as well of doing what God wants us to do. And mm-hmm. um, I was wondering if there have been like key moments in your life where you felt like God really challenged you to step out in faith, uh, like in doing something that he was asking you to do. Yeah. So one of the biggest moments was about that same time that I became a Christian. Like, you know, I got baptized <clears throat> and I remember sitting on our, <clears throat> excuse me, our red couch there in our living room. And like I mentioned, we had been $70,000 in debt. Like we were in debt. Um, My husband couldn't get a job where we were living. So he was able to get a new job here, you know, where we live now um, because of like family connections and stuff. But it was a lot like the salary was a lot lower than we've ever made. I hadn't gotten a job yet. I was going to need to get one. And so it was a total just, you know, we're going to trust God and see where this goes type moment. Like we had, you know, he had recommitted his life. I was baptized and now we were going to go and do this thing and allow God to work. And so um, he, he got that job. I removed in about a week um, in, I was able to get a job myself and it was crazy because it was like an hourly position. um, And it went from being like one thing to me being on the phones, trying to collect student debt. I'm like, I am not the type of person like I, I'm, I might seem like, you know, like loquacious or talkative or whatever, but I'm, I'm more of a very like 
no, I'm scared. I don't want to, you know, do that type thing. And so this was like totally scary, but through a series of like, I don't know, crazy things that happened. It was like God was using that job to grow me in different ways. And so I ended up in like different departments and starting new departments. And I ended up like as a senior manager and I, and that was all for like him. Cause I, every day I go to that job, I would cry like every day in my car, I get there and I just cry and I would pray through it. And then I was able to just like get through it. And it was like, you know, one foot in front of the other. And I know like he had us on this path in order to just change the way we viewed money and viewed like our, you know, and my in particular entitlement to what I deserve. And I deserve a vacation. Well, I know we can't pay, but we can, you know, like in those, that type of thinking. Um, and it totally like changed the way I thought. And I met so many people and was able to share my testimony. And then they were able to share like where they were in life. And so it was just this beautiful thing. And so it was definitely trusting um, because it was a very hard job. And, and I also was miserable uh, the whole time. But I knew that this was his like part of the journey. And what was really hard, too, is that like um, I, I was a writer and doing this was totally different than anything I've ever done. And I had to stop writing for like four years, three years. And then I came home and ended up homeschooling my daughter. So maybe like seven years, like, of like, not really like, and that's my heart's passion, but I had to trust that like, this is going somewhere. Um, and I just remember too, I had a coworker who knew I was a writer and she kept, she always look at me and be like, I'm so sorry, you have to be here. And I'm like, well, no, this is like part of the plan. Thank you. You know, like, but I get what she was saying, you know, like this was like, you know, here's my creative side and I'm doing this other thing, but I knew that this was like for God's glory. And we, you know, we got to the point, like, I mean, it, this is proof of God being so good because not only by, you know, through like five years in, you know, were we able to pay all that off, but we got to the point where we like paid off our home and our cars and all this stuff because, I don't ever want to be in a position where I'm like serving something, you know, debt or something, you know, like I, I just want my money and the things that he gives me, God gives me to be a good steward of them for things that for his kingdom. Right. Like I, I just, so it changed my perspective on things. And that was a really big leap of faith. And that was a really big trust. And that was really like knowing that like, his path and his way is so much better than ours. And a lot, and it took several years. Like I remember some days I was just like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Like I can't do this, you know? Cause it's like, you know, we had to change everything. Like there's no going out to eat. There is no, you know, if you want to go on vacation you can walk outside in the yard, like there's no, like, and, and it's like, you know, constantly working through it. But I know that was a very important part of my faith journey as well. And I wouldn't change it for the world. I don't want to go back there, but like, it, it was really nice to like, to see things differently and to see things, you know, just as stuff and like, none of it, you know, matters. What really mattered during that part was really connecting with those people and, and, you know, and, and the way their stories affected me and stuff. So I would say, you know, that, that was the biggest thing, but, um, but so worth it. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear that because, um, yeah, this area of sometimes we have things that we really like. Uh, like for me, if God asked me to start writing all of a sudden, it would be hard as well. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it's all for his uh, it's his sanctification and trusting yeah. that, yeah, that he's working for his glory and touching yeah. people's lives, like you said, like being with those people is important as well. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And what other things would you say that God has been like teaching you in your own faith journey as a, a wife and a mother? So like more specific in this area of being a wife and a mum, uh, what would you say God has been teaching you in terms of faith? You know, for me, and I think I, I mentioned this before, like I had grown up, you know, being a feminist and I didn't care to get married. I didn't know if I was, my thing was, I mean, get my PhD and I was going to go teach at a college in New England and like that live my life and whatever. Um, and so I really had to learn what submission means. And, and that's been a big part of my faith. And I know that's hard, especially for a feminist or anyone who has those kinds of leanings. Cause you hear that word and you're like, oh, no, they knew, you know? And, and I really learned what it meant as far as what Christ did for us on the cross, because I think we either go into one of two camps. One is like, yuck, no, I'm never, ever going to do that. And the other is like, oh, well, okay, I'm going to be your maid and servant and all that. And that's a different, you know, thought process too. And that's, it's neither things. It's like, you know, knowing what God did for me and the mercy and grace he gave me and, and reminding of myself that every day is just the love I want to pour out for my child and for my husband. And they're not perfect people. And I think whenever you realize that, and then you realize you're not a perfect person and yet God gives you that grace and mercy, then, you know, you're able to have that servant heart and to do those things. Um, and, and it's funny because like within, you know, husband and wife relationship, you know, sometimes one of you messes up, sometimes both of you mess up. And instead of like kind of turning that around and, you know, I probably would have used that for ammunition and been manipulative or whatever before it's instead, it's like, you know, when I give you grace, like you see Jesus, right. And when someone sees Jesus, they realize they've messed up and they don't want to do that again. <laughs> and they want to change versus if I'm just like holding it against you and like in your face about it, well, who wants to like repent and change? They know they're going to come back at you, you know? So it was this whole idea of like, you know, my faith is strengthened whenever I submit to God and in submitting to God, you know, I do, I, I, I'm not perfect at it, but I do my best to submit to my family and to, you know, have that servant heart. And that's been a, a huge thing that he's taught me because I think, you know, I've talked about like entitlement and stuff. And, and I think part of it for me and, and my daughter's an only child, so I'm, I'm not knocking on the children, but I was an only child, like being raised and I lived in a really nice, really nice environment and I got things I wanted and I didn't have to have like, you know, all this stuff. And so I had a certain mindset, you know, of this is what it's all about me, you know, and, and then you become an adult and it's like, huh, well, you know, that's, that's actually not the case. And then, and then living this life though, as a follower, I've been able to kind of like lay that down and then in laying that down, you know, it's, it strengthened my faith with Christ. And then also I think in that strengthening, you know, my, my daughter and my husband see that as well. Yeah, it's amazing this thing that uh, walking with Christ is something that we do together in community and then especially in our families, like loving our children, loving our husbands, mm -hmm. and just letting go of that, yeah, that selfishness and whatever. And all of us need to do that, <laughs> whether we've been only children or not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, what uh, tips would you give our listeners on how to step out in faith in what God's calling them to do? Mm, that's good. Um, forget what everyone else is doing. <laughs> because and I say that because I'm talking to myself. Um, I tend to be, I play the comparison game. And it's not always like, 
so my, I don't know, it, it comes from different angles, either like, I feel like I'm not good enough, or I'm not adequate enough, or they got some really good ideas, I should do them too, or like, whatever. And I know, you know, and I, you know, my journey with social media and that kind of thing. And for me, in particular, it's just, it's just not healthy for me. And so like, I've been able to step away from that. But it was really difficult. Um, it was just part of my journey that God asked me to do. And so when you are, you know, God is presenting something to you. My, my biggest tip is to realize like you are in a vacuum with Christ. <laughs> like, you know, we don't have to look over here and, and be distracted and, and, you know, kind of lose our focus. And so I would suggest just um, realizing that your journey and your path with him is not going to look like somebody else's. It's not going to look like the world. It's not going to look like what you see on commercials or TV or any of that. Um, and that's a hard thing to like readjust in our brains because we are raised, even if we've been, you know, followers for whatever, and you're within the, you know, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Like you still see these things and <laughs> it's still hard. And there's even like within, I think, Christian culture, um, in Christian, you know, women's culture, sometimes there's a certain like, you know, uh, you know, esteemed person or not, you know, and it's like, no, like, like God is walking with you. Like you have your journey with him. You are reading the word and feeling his presence and relying on the Holy spirit. And so sometimes the things you're going to do is going to look, you know, counterintuitive. Um, but you can, you know, where your peace is. And if you feel peace, then that's where he's taking you. And it's taken me a bit to like understand that and know that. Um, but that's kind of where I am now. And just with, you know, for me in particular, social media thing, it's hard because as an indie writer, it's like, well, what do I do now? You know, like, why are you taking this away from me? You know what I do, you know, but he needed to, because um, I think I was putting these things on a pedestal and I was thinking like, this was the main thing. And it's not, it's my walk with God and my, my creating for his glory. And, and if I'm distracted by those things, then they need to go. Like he will figure out the way for me, you know, in, in my writing, whoever needs to read it, whatever. It's not for me, you know, it's for him. And so I have been grateful for that because, you know, it's interesting now that that thing's off the table. I've been more creative. <laughs> I've been like, you know, it's funny how that, you know, works out. And I've been wanting to write more and things have been going. Like I, I write in the carpool lane, this novel that God's been asking me to write. And there've been some days in the past when I write it and it's like, I can hardly get through the 500 words. But like here lately, since I've been like really focusing on my quiet time with him and I've been taking away social media and I've just been taking walks and doing these things and getting rid of caffeine, all this stuff. And like, all of a sudden it's like, I can write about those words without even thinking. And it's like, I don't know. I think there's something to that. Like when we really obey and when we really just focus on what he wants for us and we don't get distracted by anyone else, then that kind of, I, I think things fall into place for us, you know? And it's like, he really wants those good things for us. We just fight against it thinking something else is good and it's not. <laughs> and it's like, it makes us miserable. Um, so I don't know if that's helpful, but I guess my main thing is just, you know, to focus on what God wants for you personally and, and don't, you know, not that you can't talk to good, you know, Christian women as far as like guidance and, and mentorship and that type of thing. But we all know that there's also other people that might not have, you know, that in mind and Jesus in mind when they do things and post things and say things. And so I think, you know, really getting in tune and listening to what God wants for you personally is very, very important.
Yeah, it's something that I, I remember writing about also in my book, Unique, which was, it was related to that basically, but like I would have certain convictions as a mum, which not all mums had. <laughs> and yes, mm -hmm. it's, it's God asking us personally to do certain things based on our experience, our background, our um, personality, different things. So obviously we're not talking about very clear things in scripture. We're just talking about more like personal convictions, like social media, how mm -hmm. we engage with it how much how little whatever and it's not the same for everyone and that's actually a good thing I think because it just shows that God has different things for us and we're all unique we all have uh, different capacities different things that we do and that's fine yeah. um yeah and it's it's actually a good thing I would say <laughs> yeah and it's yeah. kind of like what Paul talks about too like you know we have grace for each other because of that right like because we're, we're all different some people's gonna think one day's a holiday, another person's not going to sober, you know, and that's okay, you know, as long as we, you know, are truly following Christ and understand the gospel, sharing the true gospel, you know, um, those things, I think, is what make up the church, right? Mm, Hands yeah. and feet, and all these different things, and I think, I think that's good, and that's important to know personally where you stand in that and where God yeah. wants you. Yeah. yeah. And even in terms of ministry, I was thinking like some people have like a certain heart for certain types of ministry and then they can be very passionate about it. And they're like, well, why don't you have this same conviction? Like, well, but I, I actually have a conviction about another thing. Yeah, you're <laughs> so right, God's, right. Yeah, yep. so God lays different things on our hearts. And yeah, we just need to step out in faith and do that which he wants us to do, whatever that is. In terms of your book, um, so you have several books out. You have some fiction and some that are nonfiction. Um, but in terms of your Christian books and your blog and things, why is it that you create this Christian content for other people? What's your heart behind creating Christian content? So whenever, you know, I became a Christian and I was a writer and then I got back to writing, I just sit there and think, I don't know how to write Christian fiction. <laughs> like, you know, as far as like, Christian fiction like I don't write a lot of romance I don't I know there's a lot of series you know for Amish people which is great like my daughter and I listen to them but I don't know how to write that like you know I'm just like what do I do you know um and and I realized that I don't have to write any of that God's equipped me and given me the stories I just need to not you know like in my old stuff that I wrote write the profanity parts and write you know the certain you know gratuitous parts like I need to have the because it's funny because all along when I went back to a couple others that I've written before being Christian, I'm trying to say the same thing. And it's like, whenever you read a book by someone who doesn't know God, but you can see it in there, it's like, God's there. <laughs> like, you know, you just don't see it yet, you know? And so like being, so I wanted to be able to bring that. I wanted to bring like, you know, what he's gifted me with, what he's instructed me with. Um, I love literary fiction and I don't know a lot of like, really strong contemporary literary fiction in the Christian genre. And I, and anyone knows it, let me know. But, um, and that's kind of what I wanted to bring, but with a biblical perspective, you know, with, with scripture in my heart, you know? Um, so that was my purpose. And so I started um, just my imprint, just kind of what I published under called believable books. And that was the intent. Like it's, I said, it's like raw, real, relatable fiction with a heart for Jesus, because I want it to, I don't want to like, cover up real things that happen to real people right and because there's a lot of people in the gray right that are hurting that could easily walk towards christ but they might not have the kind of book that they could connect with to do that because they're not going to necessarily be reading the amish christian fiction like you know so i wanted to be in that like zone of 
know, here's someone who's hurting and needs help and is reaching out, but they don't have that book yet. You know, they don't, you know, nothing's been written yet that maybe might fit, you know, what their heart, you know? And so that, that was kind of like what I wanted, wanted to write. Um, I wanted to write something that I would like to read now, you know, as a, as a Christian, you know, again, maybe nothing very, you know, genre specific that I don't connect with, um, but also nothing really vile. And I can't tell you how many, like I was reading, like it was a middle grade book not too long ago. And I swear it was like curse word every other. And I'm like, this is supposed to be like my daughter's age. And I'm like, and I got it in hopes of that it would be. And I was like, I can't read this anymore. Like, what is wrong with this? You know? And it's just, you know, and I don't know. So I just wanted to write, you know, clean books, but that still talk about heartache because when you read scripture, I mean, gosh, like it's not cleaned up. Like, you know, these are human beings that are, are, you know, falling short and all of these stories and it's God redeeming those stories. And so that redemptive element in fiction is something that I just wanted to share with others. Yeah, it's really good about that because, for example, I like reading the Psalms a lot because it's just so honest and so real. And I think sometimes as Christians, we think, oh, well, we need to kind of be a bit maybe superficial or not really yeah. go into those things. But actually, we do because everyone has a heartache, emotions, situations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and yeah. the redemption element is really, really good as well. It's, uh, yeah, it's really, really good thing to read books that bring out that because it's actually a way of glorifying God as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you for coming on today. It was really good to talk to you, and I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I did. Thank you so much, Anna. It's been fun. <laughs> yes, that's good. <laughs>